Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. All right, we are here now with two fantastic women of a real triathlon squad, Tamara Jewett and Nicole Falcaro. I've been saying your name wrong, Nicole, your last name wrong. I've been saying like Falcaro, so I apologize. It's That's Falcaro. the right, proper, actually way to say it, the Italian way to say it, but I usually say Falcaro. Oh, so I was right. Oh, all right, cool. Cool, no big deal. <laughs> uh, Tamara, Nicole, you're mispronouncing your name. I know. <laughs> Tamara, how you doing over there? Uh, I'm good. Kind of adjusting to being in Oceanside. It's felt a little hectic just the past, uh, I guess, yesterday driving here from Las Vegas and then today trying to sort out our, our busy media schedule. <laughs> so cameras, um, busy media schedule. I don't really have a media schedule, but I am going to tag along. Um, tomorrow we have a uh, Jack Drew photo shoot. Yes, a yeah. very important Jack Drew photo shoot. Did, did they do the fighting chance series on Tamara at all? Or are they doing any like Iron Man official pre video? Uh, no, none of that, but I had a breakfast with Bob interview this morning and then, um, tomorrow, just a bunch of different photos. Like I, Iron Man asked about doing a bunch of, um, uh, photos to be used during the year. So, um that and then i have on friday morning an iron man xc breakfast which is um uh, like a sort of a club for uh business executives who um do a selection of like iron man events that they uh, i don't know that they run this program this is way too much detail and we don't need to know all this we we you have some good photo shoots we're impressed and uh, you're a big i think it's cool (laughs) okay Basically, no. no one cares, but I care because my whole day has been trying to figure out how this is all going to fit properly in my time management uh, Tetris leading into this race with yeah. uh, still having energy. So Yeah, I agree. At least it's... <laughs> it's running through my brain a lot. <laughs> at least it's on a Thursday. Not that it makes it that much better because by the time you're halfway through, you're going to be wishing it was over already. But at least you'll have Friday to have hopefully... And there's a pro meeting tomorrow, and I'm guessing... No, the, the pro meeting is Friday. So the next two days are a little busy, but, um, you know, it, it sort of is what it is. And uh, we'll- obviously you had a pretty hectic couple of weeks also living with a lot of us in um, Henderson, Nevada, where we just had our real triathlon squad kind of pro camp where we also just trained a lot together. And I got to say, first and foremost, I swam today all by myself and it sucked. I hate swimming alone and you get to swim with all your friends all the time at camp. How are you all feeling after all that time away from family already and home? And now you're getting ready to uh, get ready to race and use the fitness you just earned. Well, the camp hasn't ended for us, Nick. We're <laughs> keep it going. Keep this it is going. just phase two. <laughs> phase two. All right. Yeah, yeah. She said the other day, she's like, it's the RTS women's camp now. So it is. It's very true. Um, for me, since um since I usually work a lot, it's sort of like my time to continue to pretend to be a full time pro triathlete, <laughs> which is really nice. 
Um, so I have been enjoying that and uh, definitely feel like the swimming is going really well. I tend to thrive really well off of a lot of frequency, um, kind of cram like a, I can almost cram my swim in, like cram swim training and before a race. And I find that's really helpful. So that's yeah. been a kind of a for me. Yeah. Maintaining the feel. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, it is a bit of a different lead in to a race. Um, and I, uh, I definitely had mixed feelings about that right before going to the camp. But I think it's been really good. And I think experiences like that are always really good in this sport. It's it's good sometimes to have different lead ins to races and sort of have to work with that and work with different moving pieces. Like I think it's actually something I really like you sort of develop more and more experiences that help you deal with just like all of the crazy situations that can um come up on race week um and i think uh yeah definitely it was a good bonding experience for rts that camp was a lot of fun and uh nice to have company for a while for sure yeah i yeah. couldn't agree more i know we all had a great time um but some specific questions that are kind of leading a lot of our listeners into what makes the first race of the year valuable to each of you and what is what do you try to get out of that first race are you trying to seal the ticket straight away knowing that you're going to go in and kick ass and just improve or are you like well let's just see how i feel and if it's a little bit shit i know what to fix like what are your approaches i guess mentally and then also what kind of is your last big week look like before you train so that's a big question answer please and then you mean the last big week before you race? Yeah. Like what people <laughs> want to know what it looks like, like the last big yeah. training block or the last big training week. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm not sure I remember the first part of the question now, Nick. Whoa. Um, I, thought, I thought you were all over the memory stuff last no, time. No, no, no. <laughs> there were two different questions there. So the, 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 last big thing leading into to race week um it shifts a little bit for me I think for each each race my actual week little taper has felt a little bit different but for sure my last big workout is often a, a big brick workout the week before a race and sometimes I don't get that in before the first race of the season because it's still cold at home and not the best environment for it but I was able to get a couple good bricks in at camp and that was that was really nice that felt a bit more like a uh further into the season for me good race prep so that was nice um and now I am remembering the start of the question which was the... my fault and I apologize for the long lead in I do take responsibility <laughs> yeah so about the first race of the season I think um uh, I think the sort of rust buster information collecting part of it is always inevitable. I, I think, um, you know, I'm always aiming for it to go really well, but if, uh, you know, if something is a little rusty, it's a little bit rusty and that's important information that you build on for the rest of the season. And I think because it's early times, there's still a lot of time to fix anything that goes wrong, which, um, you know, it partly is nerve wracking a little bit, but, but partly is refreshing and encouraging. And, uh, I feel good about this one. I feel like I'm really, um, in the best shape I've ever been and whether 
I'm able to show that in my first race or not, we'll see. But I think um, it's there. So it'll show up, it'll show up sometime. And there's, uh, in some ways, this is, uh, you know, it's a really good field, in some ways, a big pressure race. But at the same time, it is early days. Uh, it is a bit of a rust buster. And so in some ways, no pressure. And that's a lot of fun, too. Okay, Nicole, we'll see if you can do yeah. one, then part two. <laughs> okay, so usually I feel like the first race is almost like a throwaway. It's always such a rust buster for me. However, um, having had camp and having ridden outside a lot through the winter, a lot more than I ever thought I would, uh, I have, I feel like I'm actually way more fit than I usually am this time of year. So I'm not necessarily picking right up where I left off in my last race, which was October uh, in Portugal, but uh, I'm definitely well ahead of where I typically am in April. My lead up to this, uh, this race will be a, a moderate taper. Um, I very much embrace the taper, but uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything real fun to say about the week leading into the race. I have well, like the week, the week before the week leading into the race, like your last uh -huh. kind of bigger sessions, like what does yeah. that look like for you? Uh, so since it was at camp, it was a lot of big swims, very frequent swims, usually at least 4k and some moderate intensity on the run and moderate intensity on the bike. I don't know. I think we did a lot of, we definitely prioritize we, meaning my coach and I, prioritize doing a lot of volume on the bike when at camp, since we have usually nice for roads, which we definitely had at RTS camp in Henderson, and having the company as well. Okay, that makes sense. I think maybe each of you, what is like your favorite workout that you're kind of using as like a, okay, that went well, racing should be okay. Is there is there a day or a session that is almost... It could be, you know, four weeks before you start to taper. It could be during taper itself. It could, when does that workout happen? You know, what is it for you? The little last seal the deal, wrap it with a pink ribbon, give it to your grandma on her birthday. What is that last gift? Um, honestly, it shifts a little bit in different phases. I think right now it's a bit early in the season for it last year near the end of the season especially knowing that St. George would be a hilly course I had a really hard three by five k with big hills session that I was really nervous for and was oh able my. to do uh no sorry running running it was a big workout <laughs> and uh I felt really strong doing it and that was really for that race and for that season that was when I felt like okay I I feel ready but um but it, I don't that's not a workout that I do all the time that was maybe like the I think that's the only time I've done that particular one so it, it shifts to between each race anything I think that is on the uh combined sort of like physically and mentally tough workout where I feel strong that's a big confidence builder so for it to be just a straight run workout was a little unusual I think most often maybe it's a brick or a double brick workout where I just have to be really on and focused and it's long um if that goes well I, I know I'm in good shape and I know that sort of mentally I'm in good shape too 
Okay. Didn't blow up, didn't get injured, went well, good shape. So one of my key workouts is not key workout, but the four days out from a race, I do a pretty vanilla four by uh, a total of 10 K, which is weird because my coach never does <laughs> in, in uh metric system, but 10 K with four by 90 seconds at half Ironman pace and then four by a minute at faster than 10 K pace. So really get the legs rolling, kind of build confidence. And that went well this week. I don't, I don't think I put too much stock into any workout. I just think back upon other workouts and draw confidence from that. So, okay. uh, and more like, I think more like general sensations is I put more stock into like my running typically gets really good. Like really just feels more effortless at and going at faster paces. Okay, perfect. And final question about that training kind of aspect, nutrition, are you taking in the typical training stimulus and, and also this typical training calorie intake during those workouts? Or are you knowing like I've done this, you know, plenty of times to know I can stomach whatever this program is. Do you find that you have to adjust or is it pretty much like the same fuel no matter what? And do you practice that during big sessions? As you went mm -hmm. on your day. Have you Generally. heard of nutrition before? <laughs> your question no, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. I, I, I generally take more in on race day than I do when I'm training. But for sure, for a bigger training session, I will be more focused on getting that nutrition closer to what oh. it is on race day. Because I am not you know, none of my workouts are as long as what my race is going to be all in one session. I think for training, there's a bit more of a focus for me on what my fuel is on either side of, of that workout. And on race day, obviously that's still a focus, but the nutrition during the race is just slightly more important for me as well. So far I haven't had like stomach issues where I feel like I really need to like practice getting in calories when I'm training because that's just been fine mostly for racing so um, same 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 products typically but just <laughs> higher volume of those products or, or higher quantity on race day um, so you're not really like eating all kinds of really solid foods that you wouldn't normally eat during a race very often on those key days right you're just kind of keeping it maybe more liquid if that's what you plan to do on race day yeah, similar products. Sometimes I'll have more treats during like training. Like I'll experiment a bit more in training with what I'm eating and just pick flavors that I like better than or what I have on hand a little bit. Um, so there's probably more variation in what I'll take in while I'm training than racing. Nicole, similar, different? Yeah. So one thing that I did, I so I cheated. I had a chance to look up something. Um, so about a week ago, I had a two hour endurance ride. So no, no, no special efforts. Um, but the key there was to, to do a 35 minute hard runoff. And what I practiced on that two hour ride was completely fueling to, so that I came off that bike feeling com totally topped up, which is always what you want to do in a race. So while my bike wasn't at 70.3 effort at all, it was very easy. I still fueled enough on that so that my run after that felt super fresh and good. So yeah, let's get that. 
and you want to get ready to work hard with a little bit more in your in your gas tank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So moving into 70.3 Ironman 70.3 Oceanside presented by whoever. Um, let's just say this race does have some particularly interesting course events like a ocean swim who could which could be very unpredictable in terms of surf and how you plan to enter the water and the bike course sometimes it is for the first 15 to 20 minutes that you're you're biking through a marine layer so you're like in the fog and your visors covered and you can see through like a penny sized hole very awkwardly i've had that happen three times at that race and then one time so badly i just took off my visor and threw it and most, you will probably see some athletes choose not to, but I'm not sure if the weather's going to bring that. Anyways, you'll ride through Camp Pendleton, which you may or may not have access to via special privileges. If you know somebody who has some passes and then the run course has those very steep up and down course parts uh, to get you up from the sea level spot to the roadway. So anyways, there's some really unique areas on this course. We've been in Nevada where it's been quite dry and obviously very hilly. Um, is the humidity at all playing a factor in anything that you're doing right now? Like, is it raining a lot? What's the weather like? It's totally different than the climate you just came from. Well, we just got poured on, on a little 30 K shake. Right? Oh um, and uh, yeah, I had to you know, take advantage of some warm envy clothes to to get to this podcast in time. Yeah, we're pretty drenched <laughs> and cold. Yep. <laughs> um, I I think right the temperature has been nice. It's been cool. I don't think it's it's overly humid. It's certainly damper than it was in the desert. Um, uh, I think coming from the northeast, so both or Canada and New England, uh, not terribly far apart, like. We've been training in that for months versus just two weeks for Tamara in the desert and one week for me. Hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think I'll really notice it. I think it'll feel good on my super lizard skin right now. <laughs> when are you gonna test the open water? Ah, uh, we were just talking about that earlier. Yeah, probably Friday. Okay, and when's the last time each of you have been in the open water? Uh, last time I was in open water was Indian Wells in December. Ooh. Yeah. Oh no! Well, I guess I did a little bit of ocean swimming in South Africa on my honeymoon. Not not very seriously, but I got to like test out swimming through surf quite a bit. I guess. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Tamara and I are gonna go Friday for sure, and I'm gonna yank on her ankles and stuff to remind her what it feels like to do some start. <laughs> Have you ladies had the pro women start list explained to you? What do you mean explain the, the depth of what you were about to race against the type of uh, oh. killer instinct athletes who are also out there with you? A lot of 70.3 specialists. You've got the likes of Chelsea Sodaro, Holly Lawrence, Jackie Herring, Paula Finlay, Grace Beck, Kat Matthews, Tamara Jewett. She's there. I heard Sophie Watts, <laughs> Danielle Lewis, Melanie McQuaid, Maja Stage Nelson, Daniel Trice. And that's, even half the list. We've got Nicole Falcaro on there as well. And other names that I don't really, I'm trying to make, make sense of some of the other athletes. So anyways, the names I listed are the ones that I know specifically, and they're also talented. Are you nervous? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's good to be a little bit nervous, but you don't, 
get good at racing these people without racing them. So it's a really good opportunity. And is it, it cutthroat? Is it like you are very nice to them in public, but you're like, I secretly want to beat you? Or do you guys just, you gals just not make eye contact and kind of have like hater blockers on? I think most people are are generally friendly in this sport. My personal philosophy is if I'm on the race course, that is the time to compete and that is cutthroat. And then if you're not on the race course, you're not on the race course. And I, for me personally, I prefer to kind of um, contain that because I do feel it strongly, but it's not fun to feel all the time. Fair. Nicole, do you share the same? Or are you wanting to just, you know, let the air out of somebody's tires just to... <laughs> <laughs> show them who's boss yeah uh i definitely feel similarly it doesn't it, it's too much energy to actively despise somebody outside of the race course but i will i should i meant to tell tamara i'm definitely gonna cheer for her but she does not have to cheer for me it, when we like go across I oh well i try to i'm always cheering for our gs teammates <laughs> but <laughs> your teammate your teammate yeah Even but though- honestly even though yeah. Tamara looks like the Terminator when she's running, she's cheering <laughs> for you. Yeah. It gives me a boost to like shout out someone's name and like cheer for them. Right. That's going to be great. Do you each have like, I know when I personally enter a race, I have at least one person who I'm like, I would really love to beat them today. Does that happen to you each? Yeah. I'd love to beat Paula Finley. Like that would just be great. <laughs> You I laugh, would... laugh after that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I just said that because she's the favorite. <laughs> okay, Tamara. And do you have, I mean, is it is it like, you almost got Paula at Indian Wells. It was so, so close. Are you hoping to get her this time? I mean, I always am. That's always what I'm trying to do. Why else uh. are you? Pro athletes to race each other, right? I, I mean, of course I expected that out of you. I just didn't know if it was her more so. No, I want to race. I want to really get Cat Matthews or something. I'm going to, I want to get Jackson. I mean, that's really what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Jackson's run split is always in my mind. No. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Always. Thank you for um, always trying to just beat Jackson's run split, even though he's so fast. You're I mean, so fast. If my goal, I'd be training for these things really much. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it, but just my my swim and bike might. <laughs> <laughs> you biked three hours, but you ran a one ten, Tamara. Um, no, I I think like the exciting thing about having a really strong field with good competition is that you know, all of these athletes are exciting people to try to beat because it's hard to beat them. And that's what makes it feel worth, feel worthwhile when, when you do. What is each of your biggest nemesis come race morning? What do you just like, damn you X, Y, and Z? What is it? What do you hmm. hate about race morning? The swim start <laughs> and the swim middle and the swim end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nicole. <laughs> I guess to be a hundred percent honest, that moment when you first have to wake up so early in the morning, I, I do like literally sometimes cry for a moment before I like am fully up and then kind of into race mode and to it. So 
I think usually like by the time I'm at the transition zone, I'm feeling excited and more, more into the event, but just that first mm-hmm. moment when the alarm clock goes off, I dread a little bit. I agree. Especially since when you're falling asleep, you are just trying everything you can do to imagine that you are a normal person and you get to just wake up whenever you want, not in <laughs> three and a half hours to eat breakfast. So mm-hmm. you can sit around and wait for digestion and bowel movements to occur. I mean, God forbid, God forbid that doesn't happen. And then you're just like walking around waiting for the, the fuse to just count down to zero. You don't ever know when that's going to, anyways, there's all kinds of things we all are scared of. And I think that is probably one of the bigger ones is waking up. So damn early. What time is the wake up by the way, for each of you? Uh, I haven't looked at the exact start time yet for this, so we'll plot Six, that out. Um, 6.42, I want to say. 6.41. Yeah, I usually right after, I like guess. to be up at least. Like, I like to try to have breakfast three hours before I'm racing, or at least be, like, up um, three hours before. So I'll, I'll have to work that one back a bit. Luckily, we're pretty close to the transition area, so it's it's not a huge trek to get there in the you morning. Walking or driving to it? Driving. Okay. Um, and while we're on it quickly, what, what's the old breakfast? What's the go-to? Is it always the same? Yeah. For, yeah, it's always peanut butter on a bagel with bananas and then, uh, and then a shot of precision hydration gel. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess for me, always like a pretty typical breakfast for me. So oatmeal, protein powder, peanut butter, um, like some kind of fruit with that and uh hot cocoa and then yeah usually usually some like some kind of electrolytes in my in my water bottle kind of sipping on that all morning and a coffee closer to race start and partly a part of sipping on coffee well <laughs> well interesting i don't think at camp i really observed you taking in too much coffee tamara I, well, I did drink coffee. I don't, I'm not um, like an everyday coffee person, but I, I actually mostly find coffee kind of comforting. Um, so I kind of go through phases of drinking a bit more or less, but I'm not, I'm not someone who absolutely needs it every morning. Wow. I like that. You're just like, coffee doesn't really rule my life. It does mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a spiritual thing. Um, so we're probably how many hours out from the race this is wednesday oh. evening plenty of time um you've got a busy day tomorrow and i'm sure have you eaten dinner yet no actually my my parents are here with us and they are being so lovely and they're actually making us dinner while we are doing a podcast session with you so a big thank you to them i was really hoping that I wasn't keeping you from that. And when you told me that you could make it at this time, I was like, oh my goodness. I hope this, they're not going to be like, well, Nick won't stay up till midnight for us. <laughs> We're not hangry right now, no. Okay. Well, so so any further tips on preparing for your season or things that have gone well that you'd love others to try? Do you have any other things our listeners could probably take away from professional athletes like yourselves who've been there and done that and are kicking ass? typically not a good time to hear crickets but it's okay we can work with that such a big question to ask right before a race nick like that's very very like broad i asked yeah that's why i want you wherever you land that's a good question to answer letting you decide 
I have one. Um, uh, do everything you can to lower the stress level leading up to a race. So I've been guilty of hopping on my computer, my work computer, um, and trying to kind of ke- play catch up from last week's camp. And, but once tomorrow, second half of the day happens, I'm closing it. I'm not opening it because I know I'm going to be thinking about it if I do. So just keeping any kind of external stress levels really low really helps um, A, absorb the training that you've been doing and B, start to clear your mind before the race. Perfect. Yeah, I, I guess actually what I would say sort of in the theme of a slightly different lead up to this race and some of the travel being a little bit different for me, um, something I always try to uh, do in my approach to triathlon is, is yes, of course, you try to control everything to create a buildup that will work well for you and give you confidence going into a race, but um, trying to just roll with the punches of how things unfold. And I always kind of try to think of anything different or um, maybe seemingly difficult before a race or, or just just not quite what you've dealt with before or I don't know equipment issues anything that's that seems like it's maybe going wrong um trying to sort of approach that as like part of the sport and and sort of like a fun puzzle to solve or or something just kind of um I don't know that's like giving you other things as an athlete um that you're developing strengths that you'll take into your race as you deal with any sort of setbacks or differences that come up in the week I find that that always really helps me enjoy what I'm doing more and and just feel calmer going into race morning. Absolutely. It's not a matter of things going right or wrong, but just how you're able to keep that smile going and maybe be a little bit more logical and less emotional. And a lot of athletes throw their hands up and go straight to the end of the world, really Mm -hmm. zero to 60 and keeping a cool head is, I mean, that's why most people who work at Ironman, um, I had a really close friend former wife worked there. So, you know, I got a lot of insight into how the employees really feel about age group athletes in general and professional athletes, especially. And we can all be a little bit quick to anger and irritable for somebody just bumping India. So I think that's a great bit of advice. You know, eliminate, eliminate stress from home that you can't do anything about and kind of just keep your bottle it all up inside and take it out on race day, right, Tamara? That's exactly what you said you're doing. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you unleash your power on race day, and and then you, like, I don't know, just don't carry the negative parts of that with you in your everyday life. You have, like, one forum to unleash it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah, I, I, I think some of the, like, crazy ups and downs of a race week can be part of the fun of the sport too like sometimes something that feels for a moment like it's going really wrong turns into a really funny story later and you feel good that you were able to overcome it yeah i love it um yeah i i I want to interject um i also say like as rigid as we want it this kind of going on the theme of rigidity during the week leading up to a race uh i have really admired tamara and her approach with uh, we we had a, a ride to do on Monday with some efforts and it meant that we had to do like a really long warm up and a really long completely uphill cool down. Um, <laughs> however, it meant that we were in a place 
for our intervals that we were familiar with and felt safe doing. So we went a little long there. And then on our respective runs on Tuesday before we left, Tamara did a, a really hilly but equal up and down loop in, for her intervals. And I went and did a trail run, which I would I would typically avoid trails just because I'm deathly afraid of snakes. And I don't know how many snakes are out here. Damn. I've heard stories of scorpions. And I also didn't want to get lost. But I did this trail because it was awesome. And it just kind of sets my soul on fire when I'm out there in the wilderness. And I never got more than two miles away out on the trail, but, and was very aware of how to get back. However, that, and I had efforts, but it was something that just always like livens up my soul. So I just, I felt that was more important than nailing my intervals. Yeah. You focus more on the, the experience of just being rather than the structure, the the rigidity of our typical fashion. I think it's great being able to kind of ride both those lines for, for both of you. I mean, yeah. And, and working with the terrain we had, Nicole did a very good job of navigating us through a lot of traffic on that, on that ride. So that I appreciated yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah. Teamwork. That's why you go to camp and make friends for life. Um, Last question. Last question. How do you, I, I, my hair is getting long. How do you all, well, how do you do, what do you do with your hair on race day? What do you, you braid, French it? braid it? French braid, yeah. Yeah, braid it as well as I can. And then it becomes inevitably a horrible floppy mat behind <laughs> the whole race. Okay, so it tucks under your swim cap. No problem. Mm -hmm. Do you wear a high, high ponytail or a low ponytail? What is it? Low because of the helmet. Okay, low ponytail. Yeah, you're a little constrained by what fits with the helmet. Um, I, I just like, I do a braid around the front to keep hair kind of out of my face that then braids into a braid down my back. Um, but I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that works well. It's pretty versatile. Inevitably it looks like a dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's I always fun think about like women from the frontier and, you know, whatever, like old school, hard working women. What I was like, they always had long hair. What did they do with their hair when they had to be out in the heat and killing it all day? They certainly wouldn't have it down. So I think like there should be a updo um, triathlete calendar, like the hairdo of the women of triathlon. I, I want to see that. And I want to see before and after what, which, what, which lasted the whole day. I mean, it, it, it depends on your hair texture and stuff a bit as well. But I think if you look at a lot of like like pioneer like peasant women culture there's a lot of braiding so i think that's just very practical yeah and it looks good braids are they'll have a little kind of cool flair to them they, they're attractive little accent pieces that kind of keep all of that tangled mess from you know getting all over your face we should have taught you at camp but you have to grow it a bit longer and well then then you're set we'll have we'll show you <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm in that weird in between phase where it doesn't do anything of value to be up. So, anyways, <laughs> thank you for that tip. I, I've always wanted to know. And actually, funny enough, one a, a fan of sport who I was on a conference call today was watching. I think Super League one time, and I think Cassandra Bogron. I think she's a very tall blonde hair, but she has these like double braids that go along the side of her head and kind of come mm. together in this like cute. Mm. and it looks i don't know how it stays but she's like i want to see a youtube channel on how these triathlete women do their hair or like a, a short on it 
how to put up your hair for a, for a triathlete to let it stick together. I, I would love to watch that. And she was telling me that this, how women think about it. So I think you should do that. Both of you. Okay. Well, we can see you can do an RTS yeah. women's uh, content on, on this subject, but yeah, I, I will say it's kind of funny in triathlon. I find it at least for me, quite different from my approach with track. Cause I feel like track, you can spend a lot of time like doing your makeup nicely, doing your hair a bit more nicely. It all stays roughly mm-hmm. the way that you've planned it, but a little hard when you're starting in the water and then you're yeah you know, have wind on the bike and there's there's a lot a lot more elements going on to deal with yeah there. no mascara is truly waterproof and that's why we see a lot of hats hats hat. <laughs> all right i think another female pro traffic who does really good hair work is ellie Salthouse. Mm-hmm. sometimes when i see her she's got these tight 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 double braids and this tiny little nub in the back it's like looks like it never comes out and whatever she's doing looks good um so anyways that's it 7.3 oceanside you can watch our rts athletes jackson tamara and nicole and i think we'll have you know another good race where we've got probably more athletes showing up maybe at tromblant or 70.3 montremblant maybe four of us maybe five and thanks again for listening ladies i know you had a busy day thank you so much for being part of this episode and expanding our minds a little bit on how awesome it is to travel from Henderson to Oceanside, get rained on, have to struggle with all the crap you got to do before a friggin' race because the tasks are never ending and still have a smile on your face out over a podcast. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Nick. You give me a peace out. Can you do that for me? Yep. Okay. Go. Peace out. I got ish to do, flying through the sky in my parachute, dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise on a one-man mission trying to see it through.